Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of the Screen Facts with Jason Davis podcast. Every Wednesday, my guests and I talk about a movie we've enjoyed. We throw in some fun trivia facts about the film for you during the conversation. Please like us at facebook.com slash screenfacts. Post your comments or questions there. And you can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Joining me on the podcast this week is a good friend of mine, and I can honestly say one of the most influential people I've ever had the pleasure of knowing in my lifetime, my good pal, Les Sinclair. Hello, sir. Hello. I'm honored to be here, and I'm honored by your words. Thank you very I'm, much. You, I'm too, are to a very you. important person in my life. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, Les and I, if, you, if you're not familiar, Les has been on the podcast before, but just in case you haven't heard him before, first of all, go back and listen to the episodes with him. Les and I worked together for seven years. Uh, he's still there at Z95 in Charlottesville, Virginia. And he was my program director and really kind of guided me along the way to doing this and voiceover. And, and it was just a great experience working with you. And of course, our friendship is very, very amazing. Well, one of the great things about Jason Davis, as long as we're patting each other on the back, is that <laughs> I would simply say, go there. And he would go there and do things that were above and beyond uh, the call. So it was always uh, a great relationship. Yeah, but you made me want to do that. So because <laughs> you're such a great boss. So. Now that we're done kissing each other's asses, yes, <laughs> we are going to talk about a movie that might be a little dark for some people, right? <laughs> <laughs> might be. It was, it was great for me. Though. I love this movie. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about a movie that came out March 28th, 2014, just a couple of years ago, Bad Words. It stars Jason Bateman, Katherine Hahn, Allison Janney, and Rohan Chand. Directed by Jason Bateman, this was uh, his film directorial debut. He actually became the Directors Guild of America's youngest ever director when he directed three episodes of Valerie back in the 80s, which became the Hogan family, when he was just 18 years old. And this movie also uh, was written by a first-time guy, Andrew Dodge. It was his first movie and so far his only completed project. He currently has a couple of things in development. The screenplay was kind of floating around for a little bit, though, Les. Yeah, it was on what they call the blacklist, which is a list of really liked, unmade scripts of the year. Um, this was in 2011, I think. And, mm -hmm. and so it was around for a couple of years before it actually got made. And it seems to me, this is one of the fascinating things about Hollywood, is how there's this long stretch of time between when things get greenlit and when they actually come to fruition. And yeah. this is one of those instances. Yeah, and then you, you also look at like some of the decisions they make in Hollywood, whether it's rebooting classic movies or making movies from TV shows or just green lighting movies that are really shitty, for lack of a better word. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of originality yeah. these days in the movie business. In fact, we're going to talk about a little bit later on how um, Rohan is voicing Mowgli. Well, there was yeah. just a Jungle Book that just came out. I know, I know. And there's exactly. another one coming out in 2018. I know, it's crazy. Um, and that's the, the great thing about this movie, I think, is that it is pretty original. Like I said, it's very, very dark. I mean, a 40-year-old man entering a child's spelling bee. <laughs> he finds a loophole in the rules that said you can't have graduated eighth grade. Right. And he didn't. Right. <laughs> he didn't. But there's a reason why he does that. And, and I don't want to give away everything because there's certain plot points that if we give it away here, it's going to ruin the movie for people. So I don't want to do that because I think, unfortunately, this is another one of those movies that's great. It's hilarious. And a lot of people missed it. You know, it kind of came and went without a lot of uh, hoopla. 
It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. I'll say it. I agree with you. I, I'm a fan of Jason Bateman, and Me not too. just because he's my doppelganger, but because <laughs> yeah, he's really good. <laughs> I've been I've been now confused for Jason Bateman and uh, Liev Schreiber and uh, Harrison Ford, and that's just in the Charlottesville area. <laughs> a young Harrison Ford, maybe. Geez, you yeah, don't look that well, old. Well, not really confused. I, I should say people will say you look like Harrison Ford, yeah, but kinda, but I, I have think... been confused for Jason Bateman and for. Uh, and for Leo Shriver. Yeah, those two more than, than Harrison Ford, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I, I can kind of see that. Although Liev is a very big man, and yeah. I am very average, very much like Jason Bateman. So Yeah, and he's, kinda, he's sort of brooding, too. I don't get that vibe from you at all. Well, I was brooding. I was actually at the gym, and, and somebody who knows his okay. mother, who lives around here, okay. uh, thought, well, it would make sense that he is actually here in town, right? Visiting his mother. Okay. So, that could, that could happen, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely, as far as your personality and everything else, you're definitely more Bateman, I think. <laughs> yes. I, I, I love him. I think, I think he's great. He's done so many great things. Uh, I was kind of going through his, uh, his resume of some of the movies that he's done in the last decade or so. Yeah. And I kind of made a list of some of my favorites of the movies that he's done. He, by the way, he calls this movie, Bad Words, the favorite of all of the films he's ever made. And I could kind of understand that because he directed it too. Right, but, so it's a it's a whole lot of him in the movie. You oh imagine. yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know he stars and and he directed it. So and that was you know we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But I mean, some of the other movies that he's done, Juno, which also starred Allison Janney, his co-star in this movie, mm-hmm. Horrible Bosses one and two, which are both great movies too, very fun. And, and they talk badly about Horrible Bosses too, but it was just as good as the I, first one. I enjoyed it. I didn't think I did it was too. bad at all. I thought it was great. Those three guys together are terrific, and Charlie Day is another one, man. He just he, he just has to open his mouth, and I'm laughing. He's so funny. It's true. He's got the funniest voice yeah, ever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Change Up was a movie that he did with Ryan Reynolds, which was kind of one of those, you know, the two people change bodies sort of Freaky things. Freaky Friday movie. Right, exactly. And it's been done a bunch of times, but they did it really well. It was really funny. Hancock with Will Smith, another one of our at- favorite actors. Yeah, very. Paul which he has a small role in, Couples Retreat with Vince Vaughn, This Is Where I Leave You, which is kind of an ensemble movie. Of course, he had a lot of success on Arrested Development on TV. He's the king of that dry, sarcastic, straight man kind of stuff. And he almost always plays that. Not always, but almost always that is his character, that dry, straight, white guy thing. You know what? If you're good at something, roll with it. You know, I say the same thing about Vince Vaughn. You know, Vince Vaughn pretty much plays Vince Vaughn in every movie, I guess. Yes, yes. But he's so good at that that you don't even care. At least I don't. I think he's so good at it that it's worth seeing. Well, this movie was certainly worth seeing. It only had a budget of $10 million, and it's made worldwide now about eight at the box office, almost right. $8 million, uh, worldwide. But uh, there was another 3.7 in, what, DVDs and Blu-rays and that sort of thing. And I don't know how much they make from rebroadcasting on HBO. So it's made its money back and probably a couple of million dollars more. Because it is a dark comedy, some people just don't get that kind of humor, I guess. And it will never make it to mainstream TV because of the bad words yeah i mean you know yeah exactly this is not a movie that i think you could clean up for network tv and have it work you know they do that with a lot of stuff but a lot of the humor comes from how despicable this character is you know right so and, i don't think that would play end, though he, it's redeeming it's it's great yes. when they can take a very bad character and then make them relatable to almost everyone and you can understand where they're coming from that's a skill you know, the fact that Jason Bateman takes this this guy who's completely immoral, he's this he's terrible, a jerk. terrible, <laughs> terrible guy, and, and you root for him. It's crazy. You know, right from the beginning, and part of it, he said that part of the reason that they did that narration, the voiceover in the beginning where he's kind of 
explaining, you know, I could have changed my, my mind and, and not gone about this this way and that sort of thing. He did that because he wanted people to go along for the ride. Because if you just watch this movie without that, you're going, why would I watch this? It's terrible, this guy. And, and what doing. he does throughout the movie is oh. just plain oh, horrible. It's, <laughs> it's horrible, but damn it, if I don't laugh my ass off every time I watch it. <laughs> it's, it's so really funny. true. And I think we all live a little bit vicariously because there Absolutely. are some people that we would like to do that to, but we just don't. But that's the great thing about movies and, and stand-up comics and TV shows or anything in entertainment that's really kind of inappropriate or whatever you want to call it, politically incorrect. I, I think it gives you that opportunity to laugh at something that's so absurd. This movie and everything that happens in this movie is completely absurd. And if you can just accept it as that, go along for the ride and have fun because it's funny. That's what movies are all about. And that's the thing. Critics were, were kind of split on this one. I mean, there were some critics that loved it as much as we did. And then there were critics that couldn't get past the fact that it was just so inappropriate. And I think you got to remember that it's a movie and it's it's done for laughs, obviously. And who's to say that something is not ripe for joke telling or, or whatever? You could joke about anything pretty much. One of the things with critics that I found is you really must find a critic who enjoys the same things that you do mm-hmm. and doesn't like the same things that you do. Then follow that critic. And for Kevin McCarthy, uh, he is the critic that I follow these days. He's on Fox a lot, and he started locally in in the Washington, D.C. area. I follow him a lot because he likes what I like, and he doesn't like what I like. And so don't pay attention to all the critics. Just find one or two that you really trust. I think the best criticism or critique anybody could give any movie is just to be honest and say, I don't like this. And here's what I don't like about it. And then the person can then read that review and say, well, that wouldn't bother me, so I might enjoy this movie. Well, listen, as long as you brought that up, uh-huh. I have here the parent's guide. For <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is from IMDb, and it, I'm just going to read it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this is one of my favorite reads in a really long time. So they divide things out into sex and nudity, violence and gore, profanity, alcohol, drugs, smoking, and frightening and intense scenes. And I'll just read it, and we'll we'll go from there. Okay, sounds good. Sex and nudity. A man is shown on top of a woman thrusting. <laughs> No nudity in that scene at all. (laughs) During a shower running and talk about sex, we see a leg come out of the curtain and moaning sounds. Not to mention, the character doesn't like to be looked at when engaged in carnal knowledge. Yes. (laughs) So it's like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. (laughs) <laughs> a boy talks about a woman's breasts and how when he grows up and has sex, it'll be with someone who has nipples. <laughs> it's a great line. It's a great scene. By the oh, way. it is. That oh, kid is boy, great. I can't wait to talk about that kid. Go ahead. Uh, a boy wants to touch a woman's breasts. A prostitute who goes topless for the boy to see. And I still can't figure out if they actually did that or if they green screened that. If they let him see this woman naked, I, I don't know. I'm trying to remember if there's ever a scene where you see them both in the frame at the same time where where he's looking at her right. or if it's just like they have the camera on him and then the camera on her breasts. Because I was trying to see that, too. There actually is one where he is facing her and I can't remember if she's fully exposed or not. I mean, but... honestly, though, would it be the worst thing in the world if, a you know, however old the kid was when they made the movie, if he saw a woman's breasts? I mean, come on. No, and, and, you know, and we could talk about his cursing, too. I, I saw him on an interview where mm-hmm. he was talking about, you know, his ability to curse and his parents letting him do that. And right. his dad said, look, if it's part of the character, you're allowed to say these bad words, hence the name of the movie. Right. But if if you're not acting, 
you can't say it, and if you do, you won't be acting anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's kind of the approach most parents have when their kids are in movies like this. Because yeah. uh, you know, we talked about role models uh, on the podcast a while back. My friend Brian and I. There's a kid in the movie that that says fuck every other word pretty much, and it yeah. was kind of the same thing. And he was a young kid, so is there There's more? Something the- <laughs> highly entertaining about a child cursing. I love. I it. don't know what that is either. Except that- I was a cursing child, yeah. and I got called out for it. So that, that almost that almost always instantly makes me laugh. I don't know what it is either. <laughs> I'm easily amused, I guess. I guess so. I'm not going to apologize for it either. So back to the parent's guide. A man says that his winning spelling bee word was autofellatio. And I love that they say a man, not the main character. Right. Just a man. Right, because they can't. Oh, I can't bear to, you know. (laughs) Violence and gore. A boy kicks a man in the balls. Right. A lobster grabs a man's penis. (laughs) Which you don't see. (laughs) They just show it hanging from the guy's crotch, but you don't actually see it hanging on his penis. That scene where Jason Bateman chases Rowan across the the, the Walmart or wherever yeah, they are the with the lobster. Yeah, yeah. That was a real scene. He actually grabbed that. Oh, that's impromptu. great. That's great. <laughs> so, I love stuff like that. Profanity. Gratuitous profanity. Several uses of fuck and its variations, as well as <laughs> shit and its variations. Lots of insults and name calling slash yeah. racial slurs. Right. A man gets drunk on those small bottles of alcohol in the mini bar of a hotel room and casual drinking. That's the alcohol, drug and smoking. And as far as frightening in and intense scenes, anything that seems frightening is done in a comedic way. So there's your parents guide. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I mean, you know, granted, I, I probably wouldn't let a little kid watch this movie. No. Just because you don't want to have to explain the whole time, you know, what's going on. Tommy's going to be 15 in a few weeks. He's seen it a couple of times. I don't think that's, there's anything wrong with that. Well, once they hit middle school, these kids, they pretty much have heard every word that I, is going to be I think on so. the movie. I yeah. think so. As soon as you make things super taboo for teenagers, they're going to want it more. So, Yeah, I used to tell my kids um, about cursing. It's uh, the people who curse just are too dumb to come up with another really good word. Oh, fuck that. That was right after I had dropped the bomb <laughs> somewhere. So. Listen, I'll admit it. A lot of times I have a mouth like a truck driver. Yes. But you know what? I try to, when I'm in mixed company or, or in situations where it might be offensive to somebody, I do try to curtail it. But, you know, when I'm home, I let it fly. Me too, most of the time. Yeah. In fact, it's it's used for emphasis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And for you, it's hard, too, because you're on the radio. So you got to mind your P's and Q's all day long. And you do, you know, you're on two radio stations. So That's right. You're you're literally on the radio all day long. So... If you don't have that outlet to curse every once in a while, at some point you're going to slip up on the radio. It's going to blow up. This movie, Bad Words, was rated R for crude and sexual content, language, and brief nudity. Here's what I found interesting, though. If you look on IMDb about the certifications, Mm -hmm. there are so many across the world. Like Australia has a rating of M. Canada has 14A. That's in the British Columbia. I don't know what 14A means, but you can sort of infer, okay, you got to be at least 14 years old. Or Or with an adult, yeah. Germany is 16. Netherlands had a rating of 12. <laughs> Singapore had an M18, which I would guess is you gotta, it's mature and it's, you yeah. got to be at least 18 years old. South Korea had 15. UK had 15. And the USA had the R. So. Okay. But, you know, here's the great thing. You could argue that him saying things like uh, turn that curry hole around and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's obviously that's not nice. But at the same time, these two characters develop this little friendship that's hilarious. I mean, you know, here's a guy and it's, you know, he's 40 years old and here's this little 10 year old kid. And all of a sudden they become good friends and they're hanging out together. He sort of corrupts the kid, but not in a terrible way. 
I was making notes of some of the things that I thought were funny as I was watching the movie because I just wanted to talk about them. And I just love when he says to him when he's laying on the bed and he goes, I don't use bad words. My dad doesn't like it or whatever. He's like, just say something, you fucking Quaker. You know, yeah. <laughs> and then the kid says motherfucker. And he goes, see, you're, you're sold and burst into flames. But there's that's one of the things I loved about the script is that there's so many really clever things that are in the script. Jason Bateman was asked if he was nervous that the first time he's directing a movie was by uh, a first time writer. And he said, not really, because the writer, Andrew Dodge, had a lot of experience as a script professor for Sony. So he wasn't unfamiliar with what a good script looked like. He would, you know, that guy curated all of the scripts that the studio owned. So he was kind of like a professor writing his own script. And and Bateman found it kind of exciting to work with him. They sat down for over a year, kind of fine-tuning it and, and making it something that, that worked for both of them. Well, he is a despicable character. That other scene with the student who he makes think that he's sleeping with his mother yeah. and has proof. <laughs> that is a great scene as well. Yeah, with Catherine Hahn's panties. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. I love in the beginning when the lady and the guy are trying to bar him from competing. And he says to her, we're going right to insults. Well, that potholder vest of yours is going to take heavy fire or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) My dad doesn't let me leave the hotel, the kid says. He goes, well, daddy's not here. And he sounds like he could be an asshole. So, (laughs) (laughs) And that's when they bond, which I think is great. When they go out and they go get the chili dogs and, and they just... Go crazy. Well, the and there's talk. the scene where he's doing the uh, the donuts and the yes. Mustang as well, which, by the way, the child was in mm-hmm. and Jason Bateman drove. So he was doing the stunt driving there. And apparently he's a, as uh, Rowan put it, he's a retired professional race car driver, <laughs> which is kind of true because uh, Jason Bateman won the Celebrity Long Beach Grand Prix. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah so I mean, he I... actually is a race car driver. I was wondering how he handled that so well. One of the things that I like about this movie is that it sort of makes fun of how pompous these competitions are. No disrespect to the kids who compete in these spelling bees and that work hard and and are really smart. I don't mean any disrespect to them, but when the professor who runs the thing is talking about how, you know, this thing has an impeccable reputation and... Uh, it always stands for integrity and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like, get over yourself. Well, and, you know, it was supposed to be originally the Scripps National Spelling Bee, but the name was changed to a fictional bee because the filmmakers thought that Scripps probably wouldn't allow the use of their name in the film, so they just abandoned that in the, yeah. on the outset. I can't imagine the real National Spelling Bee being portrayed this way at all. That would be uh, <laughs> a real stretch. How do you spell motherfucker? <laughs> And that's the funny thing. Can like, you use that in a sentence? Yeah. It's funny because <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he gets some of these, you know, these crazy words. And he talks about how he was just trying to remember how to spell the words. And they were in big, like, cue cards above the camera that he could look. But he still had a hard time sometimes. Slubber de Gullion and all that kind of stuff. Right. Tomesis is one of my favorite words that I learned from this movie. Yeah. Subjugate. It's my favorite <laughs> word. Subjugate. It just sounds so cool. <laughs> One of the great things about this movie, too, is the lessons that are in there. One is yeah. is this child, even though he's being corrupted by this guy, he's not really being corrupted. He's still an innocent child. And so right. I think there there are elements of you don't necessarily have to accept that just because somebody bad is around you that you are going to become bad. And this child kept his innocence, even though Guy Trilby was trying to influence him in a very negative way. I also think that Guy Trilby was a guy who 
he was unflappable. He had a mission mm-hmm. to screw up this spelling bee to mm-hmm. win it. Even though they put him in the closet and made him sleep in the with the chemicals to the in the cleaning closet, he just went okay, whatever. Doesn't matter to me. I'm just gonna. I'm just here to do a job. I like his solution for uh, not having a bathroom. I'm not gonna say what it is because I don't want to ruin <laughs> it for people who haven't seen the movie. As you're watching the movie, you kind of understand, and you know, and when you find out why he's doing it. You kind of feel for the guy a little bit. And, you know, I don't even feel like he's really being that bad of an influence on the kid. He's exposing the kid to things that the kid might not necessarily be aware of because, you know, his parents are so strict. But at the same time, I feel like that's kind of stuff that he's going to come across. And at least he's doing it in a way that's sort of fun when they steal the lobster and they, you know, they put it in the toilet and all that. It's pranks, you know, and it's immature and all that. But he talks to the kid on a level that's actually kind of cool. You know? He treats him as an adult, as yeah. as an equal. Yeah, and I think that he, when he was directing him, he kind of approached it the same way, too, because he was a child actor, and he knows how he wanted to be treated. So, you know, I think he used that a little bit in his directing of the kid as well. The child was asked several times in several interviews that I watched about how he was as a director, and one of the things he repeated over and over again, you could tell he was kind of prepped, uh, that he said uh, he gave very specific direction. Well, that was the thing. You know, there were a couple of other actors who turned down the Guy Trilby role, and then Bateman decided to take it on himself because he kind of figured, you know what, I know what kind of tone I'm looking for, and it's just going to be easier for me to do it than to try and get somebody else in there that just doesn't get it. But as far as casting the other roles, he actually kind of went to his phone book. You know, he called friends and people that he's worked with in the past. Steve Whitting, who plays the spelling bee proctor, which is funny to me because Allison Janney's always saying, you know, enunciate. And the guy has like perfect diction. Yes. He played Bateman's friend on the Hogan family back in the 80s and 90s. Catherine Hahn has worked with Jason Bateman in a couple of things. Allison Janney co-starred with him in Juno. They didn't have scenes together, but they kind of knew each other from that and they, and they became friends. Philip Baker Hall, who plays the head of the Spelling Bee, was an actor that Bateman admired and thought would kind of lend a great deal of pedigree to the film. And Rowan Chand, who plays the little boy, sent in a video audition and was cast after a Skype conversation with Bateman, which I think is pretty cool. Let's talk about how great that kid is. He is phenomenal, and and he's got this great sunshine air about him. Yes. You know? Yes. And it's funny because Jason Bateman directed him in, like where he allowed that to come through, but then there were times that he didn't want it to come through. So, And the kid was really good at taking directions. Um, he was discovered, he was playing uh, Little League Baseball when he was six, and, and a prominent New York-based casting director found him. Uh, At that point, he was cast in an Adam Sandler movie, which is forgettable. But, you know, from there, he kind of started doing things. He was on uh, the Showtime series Homeland. He was in Lone Survivor as well. Yeah, yeah. That's where I saw him for the second time. I actually saw Bad Words before I saw Lone Survivor. Okay. And I went, hey, there's that kid. I love that kid. kid, I think he's going to have a career. I think he's going to do really well going forward because he's got the skills. And like you said, he's going to be voicing uh, Mowgli and a new animated version of The Jungle Book. Well, and speaking of good credits, you know, Mm -hmm. Jason Bateman is no slouch either. I mean, not to mention all of the credits, all the movies he's been in, but he Mm -hmm. also won the TV Land Award for Arrested Development. Most of these are for, in fact, all of these are for Arrested Development. He won the Golden Globe for Arrested Development. He won the Satellite Award for Arrested Development. But a little bit of that went to his head. Back in the 1990s, you might remember that he had drug and addiction problems. He was a child actor when he sort of broke out a little bit in the 1990s. He said it was like risky business for 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that happens to a lot of these guys and and young ladies that get a big break as a kid and then all of a sudden they're in the spotlight 
And as a kid, you're not really programmed to deal with that probably. So you, it's probably very easy. And you got people telling you yes all the time and telling you how great you are all the time. And it's probably very easy to go down that road and, and get addicted and have problems. Kudos to him for being able to break free of that and have this second career as an adult. That's great. So getting back to the movie, they shot this thing pretty fast, too. Less than a month, 29 right? days at the end of 2012. And they did it all in Los Angeles with the Sportsman Lodge in San Fernando Valley serving as the location of the National Spelling Bee. I think just everything about this movie, it's cool. The way it's shot, the camera angles. I think that there's sort of a weird color tint to the movie as well which I think kind of goes along with the mood of the film. It's very sort of muted. That's like the only way I can really describe it. It's bluish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they've added a little bit of a blue tint to it in yeah, some way, shape, or form. There's a couple of really sweet moments between the two of them. When they're having the conversation over the chili dogs, the kid pulls out the car from his pocket that he took from the supermarket when they borrowed the lobster, the little matchbox car. And Jason Bateman is like, oh, I had one just like this. And he takes a little bit of ketchup and he puts it on top. Except I had a little police light and it was like hunting down bad guys, a little cop car. And then the kid takes the car and he paints it white and black to look like a cop car. And he puts a little Lego piece on the top to make a cop car. And he gives it to Jason Bateman's character. And I think that's just such a, an amazing scene. These two characters who initially, you know, he doesn't obviously doesn't want to have anything to do with this kid. And then this kid just wears him down. It's actually sort of sweet, you know? Yeah, there's a lot of life lessons in this movie, yes. I think. And, and Absolutely. Um, bad words being just part of them. I think it's just really, really well done. Underrated, underviewed, yeah. check it out, no yeah. doubt. We've watched it a number of times. Every time we laugh just as hard. It's just great. And I really enjoyed watching it again last night to talk about it today with you. It's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Definitely check it out. Well, Les, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about it. It's always fun to do these podcasts with you. And, and you know, I can't wait to do the next one with you as well. Me either. If you have a favorite scene from Bad Words that we didn't talk about, let us know about it. You can uh, like our Facebook page and leave your comments there. It's facebook.com slash screenfacts. I'm at Jason Davis Voice on Twitter, or you can email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please help others find the show by rating and commenting on iTunes. You can also show your support for the show by ordering ScreenFacts merchandise on the podcast page of jasondavisvoice.com. We have t-shirts, we have hoodies that are really comfortable, and we have the brand new car magnets. Which I now have, own, and is placed on the back of my vehicle. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Les. Show theme music by audionautics.com. Thanks to wickedradionetwork.com and our announcer, Kim McKay. From, hey. from kimsvoice.com. Thank you again for listening, and Les, thank you again for being a part of this. Thanks for having me. Screen Facts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.